Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How would you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit reset, and that's when you can reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. Look, it's summertime. Transfer window is coming up. It's gonna get crazy. So if you ever just wanna, again, take a step back and relax, read the transfer rounds, read the gossip rumors, grab a Coors Light. It'll be perfect companion for all those transfer merry-go-rounds. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when the beer is cold. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Now that it's finally hot in Minnesota, I'm going to be looking for an easy beer to drink, and Coors Light is perfect for that. It's lagered, it's cold filtered, and it's cold packaged. It's, again, made to chill. It's crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies perfect for a moment to unwind and so when you want to hit reset reach for the beer that's made to chill get coors light in the new look delivered straight to your door with drizzly or instacart coors brewing company golden colorado and as always celebrate all right so you're listening to this podcast right now london is blue and guess what we host our podcast on anchor.fm that's right if you're looking to host your own podcast this is the easiest free way to get started. This got a content creation tool allows you to record and the podcast right from a phone. That's right. Don't even need a computer, but you can do it there too. They'll also help you distribute it, which is probably the most challenging part. You don't want to have to mess with that. They got you covered. You can get it right on a Spotify and Apple podcast as well as any other place podcasts are found. And you know what? You can monetize it too. Make a little cash for sharing your great content with the world. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one individual place. So you know what? Head over to your app store, download the Anchor app, or head to anchor.fm to get started if you're ready to launch your podcast and make it happen. Hi, this is Ruben Loftus-Cheek. This is William. I'm Mason Mount. You're listening to the London is Blue podcast. All right, Chelsea fans, welcome back. Back to Midweek Pod. We're doing a little uh, pre-Christmas special, pre-Tottenham special Normally we have Champions League or RIP Carabao Cup matches, so we uh, thought we'd jump in and fill the void for all of you. We've been on a nice hot run of pretty much two pods a week. No sense in taking the midweek off, Nick. So here we are, all sitting together around the fire, singing Christmas carols. That's right. Well, yeah, you guys missed us earlier as we were we were doing our own renditions. I was uh, I was doing a Scott Stapp deep growly voice it was pretty excellent um i think everybody can appreciate scott stapp is what i'm saying to you right now i just appreciated in your rendition of the 12 days of chelsea that the you ended with one champions league and that was quite quite a wonderful way to do it uh did you know dan that we're the only team in london with the european cup <laughs> that's a I fun fact was, i believe i was aware of this fact and you know what? I it doesn't get old hearing it. Yeah. So so much so we made a scarf about it. So <laughs> <laughs> so you know where we stand on that without a doubt. Uh, but right, so this is a little bit different of an episode. A lot of it's the same. A lot of it's different. So just to tee you up, um, we'll give Nick's theme, and then we'll give you a little rundown of what the show will look like. Uh, since we are entering into the uh, holiday season, and and are probably already there. And we're thinking about meals because meals are important. Dan's drinking a nice Merlot, it looks like, um, as as we go. Um, 
Uh, it, this is a smorgasbord episode. There's lots in here. There's no rhyme or reason to it, but you're going to fill your plate up, and it's going to be delightful. So where it stands is the first thing we're going to run through are some rumors. So Matt Law had a great article on Monday talking about uh, a few quid to the tune of $150 million Chelsea can spend if Frank wants it. So we'll go ahead and see who he outlined in that article or potential uh, targets. Then we'll move on to the BBC's Team of the Decade. So they put out a Premier League Team of the Decade. You could go in and choose from their shortlist. Uh, we will link it on our socials and in the show notes. So you can go do it and send it to us. It'll be really good. We also did a uh, cheeky little Chelsea Team of the Decade, which uh, will, all of these will be full of controversy and uh, lots of discussion post-pod. Can't wait to hear who they think won that one out of the three of us. Uh, and then lastly, uh, a few other newsworthy items that are kind of going around social media, maybe a potential new cup kit and some things like that. So real quick, Dan, run us through even more five-star reviews and Apple Podcasts on a quick turnaround. They're still here. Hey, everybody. It's your editor, Jake, here. Unfortunately, we ran into some issues with the microphones on Dan's iTunes review segment here. So I'm going to fill in some big shout-outs because we love the five-star reviews. They're super important to us, and we appreciate them always. So a big shout-out to Josh Lynch, Jay Whit Blue, I Hate Fake News, and Mike Srant, all the way from South Africa. We love seeing you guys give these reviews, and I know Dan was sure to shout-out the upcoming Tottenham review episode as a pinpoint spot for some great shout outs so if you want to be a part of that be sure to get your five-star reviews in after this episode much love everybody keep tuning in all right so now that we've got done with apple podcast you know what comes next and that is patreon nate my man huge huge shout out for joining up uh discord access should already have if not let us know we will get it to you right away um all right, so a little house plug, Nick, before we get into the rumor mill. Um, pretty excited about this. I know it's been a, a long time coming. That's right. Um, as you know, when we were over in uh, in London back in uh, late September, we recorded uh, at the at Chelsea's training ground with Mason Mount, Fakayo Tamori, Aaron Cuthbert of the Chelsea women's team, and Chelsea legend Bobby Tambling. Um, this was all in an effort to produce... Uh, the aptly named uh, Chelsea DNA series, which uh, our buddy Joe Tweeds had, had kind of bantered back and forth with us on, and we uh, we decided to kind of make a series out of it. Uh, we talk to each one of them, kind of ask them similar questions about what it means to be Chelsea. You know, it's a different story coming from Bobby back in the 50s and 60s um, than it is with Mason and Kyle Zamori, who... Uh, who are clearly kind of through the youth academy and then uh, have made their way back to Chelsea, all the way to Aaron, who is a relative newcomer. And just to get a sense, Dan, of what it means to be Chelsea and what is in their DNA. That is 100% accurate there, Nicholas. And ultimately, it was an absolute joy to get a chance to record with you know three you know new players for the sides in terms of you know, where they've been in their career, and then also get the perspective from Bobby, who had a much different path to coming to play for Chelsea. And so to help bridge that divide and hear their stories was fantastic. And we know it's taken a little bit of time to get it put together, but we finally have got all the right edits done. We got the right video elements put in there, Brandon, and it's uh, 
ready to go. Yeah, we uh, a lot a lot of love and effort went into this one. Really excited. Um, video and audio coming to a London is Blue podcast near you, wherever you may be. So keep an eye on that. We will push it big time when it releases. So look forward to that. But the main act here is the rumor mill. It is firing on all cylinders ever since Cass told FIFA your bunch of cheating, um, inflated, overpaid curmudgeons. Tough shit. Our second ban is gone. And that means if Frank wants, he has a lot of money to burn. So, um, Nick, there are a few reasons why Chelsea might want to, let's say, participate (laughs) in the the transfer league uh, battle arena. Uh, What are some of those reasons uh, that we have just really recently come across? Yeah, Chelsea may want to, uh, much like um, Scrooge McDuck, uh, dive into a huge pile of cash. Head first. Uh, head first, swim around, do a little, do a few laps. Um, clearly, the form has not been very good. We've lost four or five in the Premier League, which is unacceptable when you're playing Bournemouth, Everton, and West Ham, who are relegation threatened. So that isn't great. Um, the other reason would be that we have a big old uh, Champions League uh, fixture coming our way in February against Bayern Munich. I don't, they're a small team in Germany. I'm not sure if you've heard of them. Um, and the final one is that I think there could be some some movement out. So freeing up a couple of spots with Giroud and Pedro, who are um, certainly linked with, with moves away just due to playing time and, and things like that. So... Dan, thoughts on thoughts on any of those three being kind of the clear indicator? Well, I think the the actually the issue that is showing itself is not necessarily just departures or the form, but it's the the size of squad and the ability to rotate effectively is what we're we're seeing. If we're looking at root cause of the problem, so we've done our analysis. You know, it, it, it's nothing anybody else has seen. Clearly, we're the first people to highlight this fact. But ultimately, the, there's more needed out of this squad. There are players who've aged out or maybe have found themselves just out of form or really out of favor and are going to be taking a different direction for their careers. And at this point, Brandon, it's time for Chelsea to, with the ban removed refill and replenish the side beyond what we've done by pulling from the academy and, and loan divisions. Got to be careful. This is the old trap Chelsea like to fall into. Buy a bunch of depth. Buy a bunch of overpriced squad players. But I don't know if it's going to happen. We'll have to see. Uh, obviously, as you talk about Bayern, the good news, Nick, is all Chelsea fans remember Bayern for their epic 2012 defeat in their home arena to Chelsea in the Champions League final. And uh, Bayern's English Twitter account has already relived that in talking about how they have 2012 muted and Didier Drogba <laughs> muted on Twitter, which is great to see. Um, but look, it's going to be no small feat. I think Chelsea, with the squad we have, should and can compete for top four all season, even though there's some pressure. But I think Frank's even talked about specifically the Champions League and not taking that lightly is a reason. And as you look at what's ahead of us, Bayern, while not doing great in the league, but they've now jumped up to third in the Bundesliga, but very recently were down in seventh, okay? They cruised in their group 
stage matches. But to be fair, they had a pretty easy group stage. They took maximum points. They had a plus 19 goal difference. Remember, that's only in six oh. matches. Oh, my God. That's yeah. just destructive. And oh. Seven two at group- home. Seven two at home. Yeah. I mean, look, their group was Spurs, Olympiacos, and Cervena Zvezda, which... Again, so five times fast. Brandon. Yeah. And look, they beat Tottenham in a throwaway match. They beat them in the competitive match. And then, yeah, I mean, look, Olympiacos and the other team aren't really going to put up much of a fight. So that sets the stage, right? So in response to all that, uh, trusty Matt Law put out a transfer roundup article this past Monday and had some very interesting topics to talk about. So let's kind of react to what he had to say, Dan. Uh, and maybe you want to set the scene of this article uh, by uh, reading off the first paragraph. I think that's that'll help our listeners. Chelsea scouts are compiling a list of forwards who might be able to inject fresh impetus into the club season as head coach Frank Lampard prepares to start to spending his £150 million transfer budget. All right. Scrooge, and another- <laughs> Scrooge McDuck just wading through some cash. Uh-huh. All right, and then I pulled out one more quote before we get into names. Lampard has spoken about the need to add some unpredictability to his team, who have failed to score at home in defeats to West Ham United and Bournemouth in recent weeks. By the way, that's not Matt Law talking. That's <laughs> that's Dan's Matt Law, who apparently is a uh, movie previews guy in the United States. Right. We've in a Matt. world where the transfer ban has in been removed, world. Chelsea can now spend... Like mad. Yeah, we met Matt Law at Sanford Bridge, which is a real treat. Absolute, absolutely gracious with his time and humble in person. It, it was great. But I'm only name dropping to confirm that that's not what he sounds like. So <laughs> uh, let me go ahead and list off some of the names. And then, Nick, I'll let you pull one out to maybe react to. But the first one in Matt's article was Jaden Sancho at Borussia Dortmund was considered unlikely. Wilfred Zaha at Crystal Palace was considered possible. Leon Bailey at Bayer Leverkusen, considered possible. Samuel Chukwueze at Villarreal, possible. Timo Werner, RB Leipzig. Um, I think, isn't RB Leipzig? Anyways, it's, it's the team in Germany, unlikely. Moussa Dembele at Lyon, unlikely. And then lastly, Nathan Ake, Bournemouth, Alleged forty million buyback clause uh, possible. So uh, it's an interesting list. Obviously, Ake is the outlier. <laughs> so I'm assuming you're going to uh, pick maybe one of the attacking players. Yeah. yeah. So, so I think let's set the table, right? Like when we're talking about these rumors, what are a few factors that we need to consider? Um, the first being, you know, as we were talking about the Champions League earlier. Is this player eligible to be registered in our Champions League lineup? Because if not, why? <laughs> like, right. why would we spend exactly. crazy money? Like, so, like Zaha fits that, Bailey fits that, I guess. You know, War- Timo Werner doesn't. Um, you know, so like Sancho doesn't. So like, let's let's keep a, a real head about that. Um, the next one would be. As we've talked about before, are we buying extreme quality or are we buying fillers? I, you know, I only see a couple of extreme potential quality in that list, and both of them are unlikely. <laughs> so, like, I, I, like personally, I think Sancho would be a great addition to the club. I think his production 
you know, screams that he would be someone who could really grow um, as a young player into, a, you know, a world-class talent. Are we going to get him in January, Dan? No. So, uh, you know, pass for me. Well, what if, just crazy idea, we do another signing him during January so that he comes in the summer? Because that sure. also is something we did with Pulisic, and it worked out well for us. It doesn't help in the short term, and I get that. And like the, part of the, the, the challenge with the narrative that Matt Law puts forward is it's about what are we going to do in January with a look forward to just what impacts January. And I think ultimately the holistic approach needs to look at what can we do in January that not only sets us up for a great rest of the season now, but can potentially set us up for a fantastic 2020 2021 campaign as well and as much as it is absolutely painful to say i mean leicester are the only side right now looking like they will give liverpool a run for the title which is absolutely terrible to say and to put out into the world but that is where we're at it is much to as much to me as about getting ready for the next campaign as it is for finishing out the remainder of this campaign and Brandon, in my mind, when you look at Jaden Sancho being one goal away from hitting his goal across uh, 40-ish games last season to now in 20-some-odd games hitting his goal total from last season, like that is, like he is a prime talent. There's a reason why he's valued at 100 million pounds plus and would be a phenomenal addition as we are aging out wingers like Pedro and William or performancing them out at this point in time. Hmm. It's probably not a huge red flag, but he is throwing a bit of a fit at Dortmund, showing up late from breaks, not really being professional. And I understand there's a bit of a game for players to to play to force a move, but it's just something to think about. I think he's, I don't know, anyways. Um, Zaha, Pat Nevin was really big on Zaha in one of the recent... BBC podcast, uh, Football Daily, just saying that he feels like Zaha is this good in a pretty bad Palace side. <laughs> I mean, being nice about it, they don't really go for They defend a lot. He's like, just think, if he got the ball regularly, he had other people, he wasn't triple teamed all the time, how good could he be? But I also go back to attitude, you know? I mean, Reese James shut him down for a match, and, you know, he got stupid caution, had some fight, you know, issue back and forth. Liam Bailey's got a, a just a dramatic father of an agent, which comes with so much drama and baggage. I'm not really sure. I don't know much about Samuel Chukwese. Um, so, you know, there's that. Moussa Dembele. You know, when you buy from France, it's kind of an eh. Are you going to get what you want out of them? I mean, you take Nicolas Pepe. He's doing okay at Arsenal. To be fair, they're not really set up to make him successful because of their season. Um, so, you know, I, I skipped Timo Werner because he's the ready-made player in this list that you you essentially know what you're going to get. Um, but it potentially jeopardizes Tammy's role a little bit. Or maybe it makes him question just how secure his role is. And we all know from Alvaro Morata and many other strikers like Fernando Torres that, that the most important thing for a striker is, is confidence. So, um, like I said, I think San- so reviewing, I think Zaha's a ready-made, Timo's a ready-made, Jaden Sancho's for the future. I don't want to touch Liam Bailey. Dembele's too big of a risk for me. 
Those are kind of my verdicts. Yeah, and I would I would add like as people are getting nostalgic about Ake's performance in the 2016-17 FA Cup semifinal against Spurs, he's not he's not world class, right? You know, he's he's a good guy, good defender, clearly good in the air, can attack the ball in corners. Um I think we we spoke about this last week, Dan, probably better in a three than he is in a two. And we haven't played a three that much this year. So I just I genuinely don't know how Ake fits into this current method. He's not that great on the ball either, honestly. And and we need that. Yeah, it's it's tough. I think there's a lot of desire to have players who know the system and to think about the fact that it's only of value because we can redeem it at a lower rate at the moment relative to uh, the other clubs that are you know, connected to it. And I think this goes back to the larger point around so many of these rumors are founded by players, player agents, a little bit of speculation, sometimes, you know, getting you know feelers from a club to understand what it might you know, be like to sign that type of player. But a lot of this is really the type of speculation and it just makes sense to throw Nathan Ake's name in here, whether we are or not con- are or are not considering him because he played for Chelsea previously. We have rumor buyback clause and it's effective and he's already in the Premier league. So that alone makes the story right there. I would give more credence to, you know, some of the other names on the list um, like Jaden Sancho uh, as a, as an actual individual, I think Timo Werner is the absolute truth when it comes to potentially giving us a second striker option. Uh, 21 goals, 9 assists, 23 games this season. That's a goal or assist in every 60 minutes. He is absolutely exceptional and would be a massive upgrade. But again, these are not people who get signed in January. Jane Sancho is playing for Dortmund. He is playing for Leipzig. There are Champions League individuals and teams like they're not going to be leaving in january no team that's in the champions league is going to sell uh and and give up a player during that time frame nick so ultimately like this list is great and kudos to matt law for continuing to source and if he's sourcing it there's some level of truth i think to all of these in consideration but the the amount of maximum truth is where there's the variability well i think like zaha brandon like if i if i can talk about him for a minute I think there is a significant difference and, and a difference in a statement of intent, if you will, to going after Timo Werner and Jaden Sancho than there is with Zaha. I mean, the only reason you go after Zaha is for a Band-Aid replacement for now. I don't know, after seeing him the last two years, you could argue two years ago, he would have been a way more interesting option than he is right now. I mean, like his goal scoring record uh, over the last year and a half has really not been great. And you could argue it's the talent around him. You can also argue that he just hasn't been that good at taking people on, you know. And if Pulisic is getting triple teamed, then like we need someone else who's actually going to do something. So I like if he comes, I will support the hell out of him. I'll be you know happy that we have a reinforcement. Hell, he might be able to play through the middle and provide some backup to Tammy. I'm not 100% sure, but it just it doesn't fill me with a bunch of confidence. Whereas doing one of the advanced buys like we have with, with Pulisic would give me at least an eye that this club is doing something big for the future. Yeah, I get that. Um, 
he's 27. I was trying to quickly pull up what his take-ons are like this season. Um, but I, I definitely understand what you're saying. You also have to like think about who is he going at. Like, who would he, you know, take on the team? I think a lot of these are wingers on purpose because I feel like that's an area, you know, Lampard has talked about. He wants creative game changers, someone who can inject something different to the game, right? Zaha can play a little bit of center forward, like you said, up through the middle, but he can also play on the wing. So he gives you also like a proven Premier League player. He He's not going to take any time to adjust. Um, he's got 4.6 dribbles a match, which is pretty good. It is, but then you look at his you look at his goals per match. It's point one eight. He has thirty five yeah. goals, like three goals and sixteen appearances this season. Yeah, so like, is is he is he even as good as William? Well, I mean, he's not going to be taking corner kicks, so I'm going to have to pause you there. <laughs> I mean, okay, fair right. enough. Again, the, the the Pat Nevin argument is that that's in a shit palace side. Imagine what he could do with N'Golo Kante, Jorginho, Tammy, Mason, players like that. I don't know. I guess. I mean, but, like, the other point is, like, if he's not doing it weekly, Dan, with a bunch of rest in between between matches, how might he adapt to playing every three days for the rest of the year? Yeah, I'm not sure. Look, it's the type of signing that I think is... Gosh, is reminiscent of going after Zappacosta and thinking that that plugs the hole effectively. It's going after Barkley. It's the type of moves that have put us in the situation where we are today, where we have a squad that is made up of extremely young, talented, gifted, raw players that are coming up that have been a part of Chelsea's system for a long time and a bunch of old experienced individuals who have had a lot of club plus career success and are maybe not at the point where they can help the squad at the level demanded of them currently. And we don't have a lot of players in the middle there. And so when I think about adding Zaha, uh, who, who does do a good job of, I think finding a way to, to be assertive, to dribble forward, to, uh, put players in position to make bad fouls. I think that was more a compliment to Reese James than it was a decrying of Zaha, who is able to to burn a fair number of defenders. I think Reese James has had a day on him. I I'm still not convinced at what the rate would be. And again, the rate is for an English winger at 80 million pounds just seems like far far too much. If we're saying that the total at least the speculative total is 150 million pounds. Whether that is true or not, you know, that could be blown out of the water, you know, very easily if, you know, Papa Roman Nick wants to say that we're going to have three <laughs> or four primary additions to the squad coming in January and in summer. Well, if you take right. Nick, if you take Nick's criteria, then Sancho's out, um, Timo Werner's out, Musa Dembele's out, which leaves you with a, a Zaha, a Leon Bailey, a Samuel Chukwueze. What is interesting is that Zaha, since he's a proven Premier League player, has an inflated price. Um, you can usually, you, like nine times out of ten, the Premier League pays more than the Bundesliga and La Liga. So you'd assume that Leon Bailey and Samuel Chukwesi are much, much more affordable 
and able to get, unfortunately, I think they're they're just such a lower tier in that sense. They all have, those three all have the same exact stats this year, almost. Well, They all have three goals and one assist in their league calendar. So that's, there you go. The other thing I want to point out is, is you talk about wages and things like that, is Tammy Abraham and Reese James have yet to sign contracts, which is another article Matt Law put out. So now the stick, it's not really stick, but since Callum Hudson-Odoi got five years, 120000 a week, Tammy's going to be wanting at least that. And now all of a sudden your wage structure, you have to look at a little bit. And like Zaha is going to want big weekly wages versus a Leon Bailey, a Samuel Chukwit. They're probably going to come in and take 80K a week because it's well, probably double what they're making now. To be fair, anyone coming from any other league that is not the Premier League whether it is from La Liga or from Bundesliga, like all of the wages there would be seen as a massive increase because right. player wages yeah. in the Premier League are absolutely inflated relative to the rest of the market. So, I mean, even though the transfer fee might be high for a Timo Werner, like he might get paid relatively to the same rate as what a Tammy Abraham has. Like, And so I, I think that's, you know, our friend Jake Cohen has talked about this for, but like the, the amortized player cost is not just the cost of the transfer, it is the wage that they're going to get. And we have actually seeded out a lot of very, very highly priced players over the past couple of years. Um, Rata was on a really good contract. We had Fabregas on a really good contract. Evan Hazard was on a, a, a strong contract. I mean, N'Golo Conte, highest paid player on the team currently, Nick. Like we, we have seeded out a lot of really bad contracts. And I think Except that's one. also another thing the club needs to be smart about. Oh, <laughs> Danny. Ah, uh, damn. Uh, um, yeah, I, I think I think all these things are really good considerations, right? Like, clearly, the club don't want to spend a ton of money in January. They will if they don't feel like they can make Champions League next year just because of how important that is for future recruitment and everything else. So it, they, they are kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place, but... You know, if if you had to pick a player from this list, um, you know, I'm probably God. I real I really don't know. I I might just go Chukweza just because it's something different, but but only because it fits my criteria of like helping us now and being available for Champions League should we possibly need it. But like, I I might also take a run at Moise Keane from, from Everton. If he's going to be completely out of favor too. Like, I, I don't know what might be wrong with that. Team. I, I just to finalize this, if I could sign one, regardless of whether or not you get them in January or summer, it's, it's still Timo Warner. Like he's, he's the one. Gives us option opportunity to play two up top. That is what top teams do. They play with two strikers. They score a ton of goals, and they absolutely demolish teams. Sign me up. Honestly, I'm I'm not that excited right now about any of them because you can't get the, some of the best players in January. So you're back to playing the long run, or finding someone else. Uh, and again, we've completely just ignored Nathan Ake for most of this conversation, which I think probably says enough about that one. So. Let us know if any of you are dying to get one of these players in. Again, I don't see Jaden Sancho being released, Timo Werner being released, Musa Dembele. And of course, those are the best players because they're at the best clubs right now. January 
is a bitch of a transfer market. And so we're going to have to see if it works out or not. But uh, let us know. Maybe we missed a couple. Again, we're just using Matt Law's article for now. Honestly, if we scrubbed everything from Twitter, we'd be here all night, just legitimately. <laughs> so uh, we're going to take a quick break. A huge thanks to the sponsor for supporting the show financially. But we are when we are back, we are doing Premier League Team of the Decade, Chelsea Team of the Decade, and much more. All right, here we go. Team of the Decade. Nick, you sent it to our group chat. Um with a caveat that you put a lot of mental energy into this, broke a mental sweat trying to pick your t- Premier League team of the decade. Uh, walk us through it. You found it on the BBC's website. Yeah, I mean, it's a really cool thing that they're doing. They're doing like a big aggregation of uh, everyone's picks, right? Because it's um, it's interesting uh, getting all these perspectives. And I think they're going to do like a, a cumulative, whoever kind of ranks the best in, in the positions at the end of, um, at the end of the month. So you can go on the BBC's website and put yours together. We'd love to see uh, your uh, your teams because I think we all have a little bit of a different flavor. But I think, Dan, it is important to remember as we think about teams of the decade, who won the title in every year mm-hmm. of this decade? Go. Manchester United, 2010-2011. Manchester City, 2011-2012. Manchester United, again, 2012-2013. Manchester City, 2013-2014. Chelsea, 2013-2015. Leicester City, that's right, not Tottenham. Finished third in the two-horse race in 2015-2016. Chelsea, again, 2016-2017. Manchester City, 2017-2018. Manchester City, 2018, 2019, and this season, I don't even want to talk about Brandon. We don't have to because it doesn't count for this. Uh, So that is correct. So the BBC's website reads, based on a combination of statistics, longevity, and success, as well as the opinions of BBC sport journalists, we have produced a short list of players who have featured in at least two full Premier League seasons. So remember, while there... Our, our, our picks are limited, is what I wanted to say. It's not like we could pick anyone. So there was a, a short list of every position. You did get to choose your formation. Nick literally made up a formation for his. <laughs> I did. kind of bullshit, actually. Um, it's, what, it's one you would play in FIFA. <laughs> Maybe not even. <laughs> Anyways, um, it is a proper Premier League team of the decade formation. So I'll go first. I went with a 4-3-3, which is what it came with. But anyways, my goalkeeper was the one and only Petr Cech. Uh, In the back, I went with three center backs and a left back. I went Vincent Kompany, John Terry, and Rio Ferdinand with Kolarov on the left. In my middle three, I have Lampard, Yaya Toure, and Golokante. And up top, I have Rooney, Didier Drogba, and Sergio Aguero. Go ahead, take your shots. Kolarov, like <laughs> I really—that that was a, a head scratcher. Yeah, what a random one. A little bit. So Zabaleta would have been much more acceptable. I had him. Are, are you I, also factoring in his Serie A, Serie A performances? No. Like, is that where it comes in? No, I had Zabaleta, but to me, honestly, they're kind of a. Like they're interchangeable. They were there when City won a ton of titles. So that that was pretty much my my go to criteria was how many titles did they win. I know it's not perfect because I'm 
wildly biased with Petr Cech. Those clearly weren't her best years, but it's Petr freaking Cech. Like, I'm not going to not choose him. Um, so, yeah, I, I understand Kolarov. I had Vidic, but I was just like, eh, they didn't win enough to really justify him. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I think... I, so, when I, when I look at your team, Rooney was only at his peak for like the first couple years of the, of the decade. Right. right? Yeah. Like this was, this, I think overall, as you're, as you're putting your teams together, uh, friends and family out there, the, the challenge that I had was like, when I, when I threw my random, <laughs> random formation together, I was thinking about who had the biggest impact in the league for, for a, the longest amount of possible time. Um, I have some recency bias in my team. I think Brandon went a little bit more old school with his team. Uh, like real Ferdinand, I don't, I don't know if I would have put in there. Um, so I think he was definitely more of a previous decade kind of guy as far as impact goes. Like Yaya Torre was an amazing Premier League player and a guy that I hated, yeah. you know, when Chelsea would play against City, but he was only there for the beginning part of the year, Dan. Like I, it's a, it's a hard one. Right. Well, it's probably because you never sent him a birthday card or birthday cake. That's yeah. that's probably why you hated him as much. That's uh, right. Yeah, I, I think the Rooney one is is you know, eh. I just I just think he was so far down the pecking order relative to other strikers at that point and and forwards. I don't know if I would have included him, but you know, I, mean, I, I I see players in here that I have selected in my team, so I, I don't think Brandon did horrible. All right, probably well, gets a C your, at least. Your turn to have Rockstone at you. At least you have a real <laughs> formation. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I I did you know. I did have to play around with it a little bit because the standard formation of the four three three did not fit me well. But uh, again, Petrček has to be the Premier League goalkeeper of the decade. Did go with the back three of Ivanovic, Company, and Terry as the center rock. Um, don't know where each of them is going to play, but uh, went with a five man midfield of De Bruyne, Lampard, Hazard, Silva, and Conte. It could be a little unbalanced on paper, but, uh, you know, you just stick Conte behind all of them and it's good. And then Aguero and Drogba up top, just playing off one another. And the interchange with all those midfielders who can run forward and score goals, it's just, uh, look, it's going to score a lot. Might concede a little, but that team has goals written all over it. Yeah, I mean, I did feel bad not putting David Silva in. He's been absolutely magical in the second half of the decade. Um I like you guys said. I did try to rewind it, but I just looked at all the titles United won, and honestly, there weren't a lot of op- opportunities for good United players in this list. So I tended to like go that route of if you win the Premier League title and you're in the team, like you should deserve it. But I mean, yeah, I think probably De Bruyne and De Silva are two players that I probably could have done a better job of trying to sneak in, um, but clearly an absolutely unplayable formation based on the personnel you chose, which is okay. Well, yeah. again, stick Conte in front of that back three and you're good. A three a do. three one diamond two. Yeah. It's <laughs> pretty fine. much. Yeah. Um and a lot a lot of these are it's it's like Dan kind of copied my list um <laughs> that I put out first and I have to I have to throw that out there. I was first. 
Um, mine is, is, uh, <laughs> uh, a one, three, 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 one. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a classic formation. Is it, is it, is it played on a smaller football pitch? Is that what happened it, here? There's no wings. Like, hey, it's a, we'll share on Instagram and Twitter all of our lineups. So you just look at, it's literally a grid. It's a three by three grid. It's a one square one, you know, it's a classic, uh, classic formation. Uh, I had, uh, I think the best. Goalkeeper of the decade was David De Gea. Um, what he win? Um, not a ton, but no, he won the travel? league. He won the league, right? Yeah, I, that's my point. Okay. But anyways, like you said, yours is you're going by players who were like the most outstanding or biggest impact, not necessarily how successful their teams were, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, and he's won the Golden Glove. Yeah, a bunch. Yeah, actually. Yeah. So all right, you know. All right, so we're good there. He has credentials. Uh, credentials. There we go. Uh, I have a a back three of Dave, uh, Vincent, Company, and Terry. I think that's a solid back back three. I have a middle three, as you know, <laughs> of Ingolo Conte, David Silva, and Frank Lampard. And then I have a a, a, a another middle three. <laughs> Say wait, I'm not, I'm confused. I'm like you. And have- an advanced middle three, if you will, of Raheem Sterling, Kevin De Bruyne, and Eden Hazard. And then they are playing up top to uh, the one and only Sergio Aguero, who I think has been just an indomitable force for the better part of a decade. So I thought about the two-striker thing. I thought about going with a 3-5-2. I, I just, look, I thought these were the best collection of players that I could put together. It wasn't a great formation, admittedly, but... FIFA won't even care. let you use that formation. <laughs> Nick, how you, much of that Bailey's that you were making for your coworkers did you consume of the when you were making this? Line? You have six midfielders. What the, how? Yeah, look how much service Aguero's gonna get though. <laughs> yeah. Just a ton, just a ton. Real, my, my boy, here's is the thing: be scoring a lot. Realistically, it's a three-four-three. Three. If you had sure. to put it into like a yeah. real formation. <laughs> but yeah, it looks funny as hell in this yeah. thing. Uh, again, we, the big caveats here are the fact that the BBC chose the shortlist. So we were taking what they gave us and just ripping it apart into our own thing. So uh, check those on our social accounts. Uh, but we will link it. So we want to see yours, you know, like tell, show us while we're wrong. I don't want to be told I'm wrong. I want to see what you have so we can yeah. compare Apples. It's not that easy. You uh, you definitely have to like think as you're going through because the options you're mm-hmm. gonna go through and you'll be like, ah shit, I want I actually want him. Yeah, and then you're gonna redo your formation because you're like, ah, that doesn't like I can't have Conte out on the wing. That doesn't make any sense. So yeah, yeah. you're not gonna hit confirm team and be happy. No chance. <laughs> no chance. No. Unless you're me. Yeah, well. Mm -hmm. So uh, uh, piggybacking off this, we went ahead and tried to do a mini little 2010-2019 Chelsea team of the decade. And this was much more open, free-flowing, off-the-cuff, little riff here. Um, I led the last one. Who wants to lead this? Who's Uh, here? I'll go. Uh, uh, Fine, you go, Nick. I was more than happy to go first. No, Dan, please. Reverse order? All right, so... Clearly, Petr Cech. It, can, it can't be anybody else. Uh, if you put Willie Caballero in there, you're just you're you're taking us all Let's for a see. laugh. Uh, Rob, uh, Rob, uh, Rob Green, Rob Green, the hero Baku, uh, yeah, the hero Baku, um, Petr Cech, Ivanovic, Terry Cahill, Ashley Cole, uh, 
three three midfielders, Lampard, Fabregas, Conte, and then a, a three forward line with Mata, Drogba, and Hazard. That that's it. There's no better answer. Sure, there is. Um, <laughs> we're we're gonna do it right now. Um, mine's a little wacky. Is that, is that uh, when they hit the podcast rewind button for thirty seconds and hear my answer again? Because that 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 would be the way that they no, could infinitely loop no. the best answer. No, huh. I, think, I think I think the people want to hear from me and uh, and my stellar three four or yeah, it's like a three four three kind of deal again, but a little bit goofy. But I better check, of course. Uh, Cesar Espilicueta, Gary Cahill, John Terry as a back three because of all that speed that they're going to have. Uh, <laughs> then I have, uh, and I have Frank Lampard and Golo Conte, uh, Sesc Fabregas and Juan Mata. Maybe we're going to play some sort of weird four cross. We'll see. And then up front, we have Eden Hazard, Diego Costa and Didier Drogba. My team scoring buckets of goals. A, a notable omission that I had to switch out was Ramirez, who I did love, and I was really seriously considering putting in my my team of the decade. All right, mine is heartbreaking. <laughs> um, don't say it. Your, no, no, don't don't put it out into the world, Brandon. I had to I had to be objective about this, and so I put Courtois in goal because. <laughs> We won the most under him. That Again, that's always been my criteria with these things. I don't like him. I think he's a pile of snake shit. But unfortunately, we had some good seasons with him there. Uh, then I've got Ivanovic, Terry, Cahill, Aspie in a back four because I wanted this team to be able to play. And then I've got Conte with Fabregas and Lampard in the middle with him. And then up top, I also had Mata, Drogba, and Hazard. You probably much have like Mata sitting in, beti- in behind, uh, Drogba and Hazard just riffing off. Um, I looked at Diego Costa as well, but I just only had one good season, so I just felt like it was hard and just the way it all ended in bittersweet, kind of fiery ash. Nick, I just I couldn't really come to grips with Diego. Like when he was here, I loved it, but I don't know. It was hard for me to put him in there. To be fair, we didn't have a lot of great strikers outside of Diddy Drogba, though, so he didn't have a lot of competition. Right, and the reason I put both in mine is because Drogba, when he came back, was was certainly more of a, a kind of a, a backup option, right? Um, not necessarily at his prime. Uh, when he left, it was 2012, so we only had a couple of years of the start and then a couple of backup years um, at the end, and so... I thought to put together, you know, with our most prolific striker outside of Drogba made a lot of sense. And I think, I, look, Diego's a mess. We all know that. <laughs> we we started, our first year podcasting was his first year at Chelsea. And we went through all the highs and lows of that together uh, as as teammates here on the pod. But he was also just tremendously entertaining and Played, you know, an important ball to Eden Hazard to stop Tottenham winning the 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 title in uh, in 2015. So I think uh, he still has all my love, and uh, I'm throwing him in my team. I think I'm doing some sort of weird three five two actually, but that's fine. We're just gonna keep we'll keep it moving. My my formations are off, but my players are right. Again, come at us with lineups. Otherwise, I'm not gonna engage. It's uh. Yeah, I, it's fun. I don't know. The the great part about this, this specifically, is we have so many options to choose from. And uh, if Lil Grummy weren't still offsides, he maybe would have a chance of getting in. So. <laughs> no, 
Uh, false. Right, that that right. is inaccurate. Murata would not make it in. Look, Remy would not make it in. Well, you Scott could ultimately, <laughs> you could ult- you could also on the other end create a worse Chelsea eleven Always. of the this decade, <laughs> look, and uh, oh. it would not be kind to a lot of players. Look, the Hazaka was good for a while until oh, Mazakar. Mazakar. Diaboji is going to be in there somehow. Yeah. So we had some good plays. All right. So last thing we wanted to do is touch on a leaked kit. So again, go to our website, uh, go to, I'm sorry, don't even go to our website, go to our social media channels. That's where we'll post it. There's a leaked kit, a potential FA Cup specific kit. Um, Dan, you took creative writing. I'm going to give you a chance to do some creative speaking and walk us through what this kit looks like. But again, (laughs) if you are on the podcast, just like we wanted you to stop and go look at the lineups, stop and go look so you can view this with us on our social media channels so uh but for all of you not on social media like eric uh go ahead and hit us up with uh a lovely play-by-play from dan well it's almost like there's a mirage of where the corporate sponsorship that is only available if you squint your eyes and look at it in an alternate direction as you tilt your head is masked by just a magical majestic royal blue the chelsea blue adorned by a classic chelsea logo the golden lion clasping the red with the cfc not chelsea the cfc underneath it long sleeved and perfectly set to remind you of a magical fa cup run in the 70s this looks like a sweater nick and and to dan's point the nike sign the Yokohama, um, I don't even know who's our shirt sponsor. Hyundai. Yeah, they're all well, muted. The, uh, the sleeve, it's yeah. it's Hyundai. The, they're all muted to to essentially blend in the kit, so it almost looks like your retro kit with the old school logo that's yellow with the red staff that pops. Look, I, so I know what they're trying to do, right? Like if you look back at the at the seventies kit. Um, whereas Chelsea have been known to have a, a big, thick white stripe on the shorts back, back in the day during this cup run, they had a big yellow stripe on the shorts. The, the line was yellow, you know, it was just kind of, you know, yellow was kind of the color of the day. Um, it, I, I respect that Nike and Yokohama would be willing to go try and blend into the shirt, um, to try and make the the yellow line with the red staff and the CFC stand out even more. I just think it looks like it's misprinted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I, I think I, I can give an A for effort, but I can't give an A for execution. I, I just think it looks, it looks cheap. Maybe it looks like it's not necessarily up to the standard. And like, you know, there haven't been a whole lot of great Nike kits, Sam, but when when Nike has uh, done their best work, and you can think of the first year, I think, uh, maybe that yellow kit from, from last year, it's been when they keep it really simple. This is almost too simple. Well, so it's, it's three kits that they've done really, really well. It's the first home kit they created. It's the second year yellow away kit, and it's the away kit this season uh the, the throwback to the the mod era and this one is not 
at least from the, the leaked photos, is not at the same level of those. It, it, you're right. It's trying to harken back to a specific time. It's trying to be a callback. And at least the way that the both the photos that have come out and then also the, the leaked renderings of kind of the product page photos you would see on most websites don't put it in the best possible light. I would be interested to see how it wears. You know, I think you know a lot of us thought initially at the beginning of the season that the 2019-2020 home kit looked pretty terrible from a mock execution on you know, from the digital assets of it, but in person it actually it looked pretty good. It wasn't you know, it's not the best kit we've ever had, but it looked good. Um so I think ultimately it, you know, again, probably a C plus B minus Brandon. I don't know if I would give it more than that. With the watermarks all in front of the kit, it is hard to see the printing. I did find a picture on Twitter of a short sleeve version that was just like hung up and it back it looks like the back of a Nike store. And it doesn't look any better. Like you said, it, it the best way to describe it is it looks misprinted. Um love the idea, hate the execution. It it looks like it comes from Alibaba. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like and it looks and, like you washed you know. your kit too many times and the the and the <laughs> screen printing peeled off. <laughs> That is all. That is it. That is a hundred percent it. Yeah. Bam. That I, I genuinely. I'm glad you said that because I had so many jerseys growing up. Yeah. Oh yeah. I would just dry the print. It just was awful. But that's a hundred percent what it looks like. And like again, I respect Nike and Yokohama for being willing to like take the shine off of their own name to make this thing stand out. I just, I just wish it looked better. Yeah. Anyways, um, that's that's what we got for this one. So again, a lot of um, things for you to go view on our social media to help enhance this experience, make it a little bit more engaging. Uh, but we hope you like this little smorgasbord of a of a podcast as we roll into the holiday seasons. Obviously, like we said, uh, we've been knocking two out a week. Didn't want to stop the momentum. We're having fun doing this. Uh, January is coming up. We're probably going to cover the transfer window a lot more this season than we ever have. We just think that the way the season's playing out with Frank and not being able to sign anyone last summer, going into this summer, uh, it's just a lot more critical and a lot more relevant. So again, we'll be keeping much more up to date with that. But as always, uh, thank you as listeners for listening. You are all amazing. Look, we've got a lot of content for you to engage with us on. Obviously, if you send it via social We'll try our best to see it and respond to it. Obviously, if he comes in via Discord, we'll have a much better chance at doing that. Uh, So jump on Patreon and go from there. So until next time, Chelsea fans, you know what to do. Keep the blue flag flying high.